0: Holy crap! Um,
1: I have a buddy that was in the service uh, up until right out of high school, up until '93. Mm -hmm. He said that uh, there was a unit there in Iraq that used that album cover as their flag. Nice. Somebody had somebody got them a flag made of that album cover, and they flew it it over there. It is a
0: beautiful cover.
1: (laughs) I used to have that T-shirt.
0: Welcome to the Greatest Lists Podcast, a show
1: about music and lists. This season, your hosts Jason and Eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Greatest Lists, a music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I'm Eric, your host for this episode. And, as, and with me, as always, I'm the co-host, Jason. How's it going, Jason?
0: Hey, Eric. Doing well. And uh, I wish we had a mob. You know, like the greatest list mob. <laughs>
1: greatest list mob.
0: Mob <laughs> oh, of fans Oh, online. my gosh. Tell your friends, people. We want to create a mob.
1: We're going to create a mob. Uh, <laughs> we are continuing our Season 2 list of our favorite guitar solos of all times. And we're currently uh, entrenched in the 90s. And this episode, we're talking about the band Lynch Mob, featuring guitarist George Lynch and the song "All I Want." Behind the music, guitarist George Lynch made a name for himself uh, as the guitarist of the '80s metal band Dokken. Uh, Dokken was one of the '80s metal bands that came up through the LA Sunset Strip metal scene in the early '80s. Uh, While they were never as big as some of their uh, counterparts that were on the scene. They had a large fan base and recorded four four multi-platinum albums in the 80s. During that time, Lynch developed the reputation as one of the best guitarists of the genre. Um, He played on the band's first four albums. uh, After that, the band broke up due to internal conflict, if you can believe that. That never happens. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) After the demise of Dokken, Lynch, along with his fellow Dokken drummer Mick Brown, formed the aptly named Lynch Mob and recorded two albums. The first album, Wicked Sensation, was released in October of 1990, and while it was well-received by the fans in the metal community, uh, it didn't fare well anywhere else due to the rise of alternative rock and grunge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second album, just titled Lynch Mob, uh, that featured a new lead singer, fared even worse. <laughs> and soon after, uh, Lynch Mob, the, uh, Lynch dis- disbanded the group, and he and drummer Mick Brown rejoined and. For several years. Uh, in the years since then, uh, George has approximately has had approximately 699 different iterations of the band. It's, <laughs> it's much like we spoke, uh, like we said on the last episode with, uh, with the Smashing Pumpkins. It's just been a revolving door of, uh, of bandmates, with Lynch being the only constant in the band. Um, he's developed a bit of a reputation of being quote unquote difficult to work with which contributed to the demise of Dawkins and, no doubt, the demise of his original Lynch Mob lineup. Um, that's not to say Lynch has been sitting around doing nothing. He's been a part of close to a dozen side pro- side projects, most recently a band called KXM with members of King's X and Korn, Tooth and Nail with former Dawkins bass player and drummer, the End Machine with former Docking members and a former lead singer from the Lynch Mob, Rob Mason. Ultraphonics with Living Color lead singer Corey Glover. Really? Uh, yeah, and it's not, the, it's, it's not bad either. That's a pretty good album. Uh, but the biggest collaboration being with Michael Sweet, the lead singer of the band Striper, and they formed a band called Sweet Lynch, uh, which is pretty dang good. Their third album comes out, I believe, in May, and I've heard two tracks off of it, and it's smoking hot. Okay. Um, so uh, he's he he uh, he plays all the time. He has two other um, pseudo projects that he's played with called Dirty, Dirty Shirley and uh, the Truck Stop Vampires um, he plays with on occasion. So busy guy. As far as gear goes over the years, he's had two signature models uh, with the, the company ESP Guitars. Uh, a kamikaze model, which features um, Japanese kamikaze-like graphics on the body. Um, and a tiger stripe, Bingle tiger stripe model. Uh, both of those guitars, and we'll talk about them more at, at a different time. Both of those guitars were his signature look uh, in the 80s. Um, and there's another custom guitar that he plays uh, that we'll talk about in our 80s list because he will be on that list as well. <laughs> um he has a, he has a set of signature pickups from Seymour Duncan and a set of signature pickups from Arcane pickups um, as of late he's been developing a business where he custom builds and carves guitar bodies for public purchase
0: hmm.
1: um, he actually like carves doesn't just paint them he carves them out of wood and wow. builds the guitar uh, and they run for anywhere from eight thousand to ten thousand dollars let's get personal. So there were three guitar players in the 80s that made me want to start playing guitar when I was 13, 14 years old. Um Eddie Van Halen, uh mm-hmm. Brad Gillis from Night Ranger, and mm-hmm. George Lynch from docking I uh so like like I mentioned just a minute ago, George is gonna be on our 80s list when we when we cover the solos from the 80s. So I'll save my docking history uh for our eighties list. Okay. But in my opinion, Lynch is at his prime on these on the Last Donc album and the first Lynch Mob album. Those two albums span about a 4-year period where he is just he is on fire. That I nothing after that and nothing before that sound as good playing wise as he does on those two albums. Okay. Um, so um, the, the the first Lynch Mob album came out in 1990. So you got to remember we didn't have Social media, we didn't have YouTube, nothing. Anything you knew about bands either came from Headbangers Ball on Saturday night, MTV Saturday yes. night, or reading magazines at Walden Books. Um, so we knew that. So we knew that Lynch had a new band coming out, um, but we didn't know a whole lot about it. Uh, right after high school, one of my best friends, who I was in a band with, the other guitar player I was in a band with, he went to school in Austin, Texas to the university of Texas. Um, and in September, so the Lynch mob album came out in October of 1990 in September of 1990. He called me one day and he said, um, you and our other, our other buddy, Mike, he said, you and Mike are going to want to drive down here this weekend, which is not a short drive. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm going to need more information than that. (laughs) He said, uh, George, Lynch, George Lynch's band, Lynch Mob, is playing at the back door or at the back door here in Austin this weekend. Um, and so, <laughs> that was like a Wednesday. By Friday, Mike and I were in the car driving to Austin, um, and we saw Lynch Mob play before the the album came out. Before there was not a video out, there wasn't a single out, there wasn't an album out. Nobody knew anything about what this band was going to sound like, or what you know what anything was going to sound like and that saturday night we went to see them in concert and we were just we had no idea what we were listening to you know we had nothing to to gauge that with we were just blown right. away by what we had heard and then had to wait a whole another month to get our hands on the cd so we could listen to it for real instead of just trying to remember what we had heard and cuz you know we didn't have cell phones either so it wasn't like we could take video right. or record the music and so we we spent a whole month in agony trying to, trying to Waiting for the album because the concert was so great. We were both, I was a bigger George fan than David was, but we were both fans of George Lynch. And so just, we were standing there watching him play, just being just mem- just mesmerized by what he was doing. So
0: gotcha.
1: um, do you have any history at all <laughs> with, with Duncan um,
0: or George? Unfortunately, Lynch or unfortunately not. I, uh, I know Dawkins, I know a, a few songs by Dawkins. So, more or less them than he yeah. himself. I yeah. it's listening to this song, it sounded vaguely familiar, like I had maybe heard it before, but I couldn't say for sure that I had. It was cool, I liked it.
1: The breakdown so the solo lasts for 36
0: bars. <laughs>
1: so, in comparison,
0: <laughs> a minute and 10 seconds. <laughs> I clocked it, yeah.
1: As we said in the uh, in the pumpkins ep- uh, episode, that it lasted for 22 seconds. Uh, this lasts for 36 bars. For any, just to compare that with most most other songs, most guitar solos last 16 bars or less, uh, and George manages to carry on for 36 bars. Yeah, um, it has a little bit of everything. I mean, he, it's like yep. he pulls out every trick up his sleeve.
0: And, and that's what I said. A lot of different <laughs> techniques.
1: <laughs> yes, a
0: lot of different techniques. Yeah,
1: it's, it's really laid out in three parts. You know, it's 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 got. You can tell where one section ends and the next begins and the next begins. Uh, and I've read interviews with George uh, in the past where he said that back then he really didn't have a uh, structure to the way that he played his solos um, before he recorded them. A lot of guys would, as part of their songwriting, uh, would write the solo too. So they knew when it was time to record the solo, what they were going to record. They would write, they actually would write the solo. George would just have them roll tape and he would just play um multiple times and play stuff and then go back and listen to them and pick out the parts you liked and then remember those and put, and put a solo together that way, um, which is a lot of work because you've got a lot, you're wasting a lot of tape on takes that you're not going to use, um, which may have contributed to his, his uh, being difficult to work with, but um, <laughs> Uh, but there's a YouTube video out there of outtakes of him recording this album, and you, there's there's a section of, of outtakes uh, where he's recording stuff for the solo, and you can you can tell he's noodling around trying to figure out what he's going to play because you hear parts of the solo and what he's playing, and then it'll be different, and then you'll hear other parts of the solo. So, um, but in the article I read, he said he recorded this solo eight times before he finally. Picked out all the parts that he wanted to play, and then recorded wow. the solo. So um, that's a lot of tape. It's a lot of takes for uh, just one part of a song. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it sounds like he. I mean, you know, and and knowing some of the licks he plays and the way he plays, he pulls out all the stops in the in the solo. He just does a little bit of everything. You know, there's yeah, there's, there's whammy bars, there's tapping, there's speed picking, there's you know, just all kinds of stuff in here, um, and it just goes on and on and on.
0: And yeah, yeah
1: yeah so uh it's 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 in in my opinion it's probably the the hottest solo on that album and uh it's always been my favorite on that album as far as solos go
0: yeah just a lot he he gets real technical at times but then it's almost like a bluesy kind of guitar licks throughout uh well not throughout but you hear some and then the picking the tapping and Yeah, I wrote down, just about the time you think it's done. Nope, he's still going. Section two. (laughs) Energize your bunny of guitar (laughs) solos. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, it makes sense the way you're saying that he records just by hearing this from the solo alone, Uh, just all kind of, just all over the map and not your traditional, you know, let me let me do my thing here and and get out. It's just like, all right, I'm not done yet, but we're going to keep going, keep rolling tape, and (laughs) we'll add a little bit more in here, and we'll make it a five-minute song (laughs) instead of three and a half, whatever. Yeah.
1: So George Lynch and Lynch Mob come in at number 12 on our list of top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. And this week's bonus songs, our first one is from George's first solo album, where it's all just him only, uh, called Sacred Groove. It's a song called, uh, it's an instrumental song called Love Power from the Mama Head. Um, <laughs> and our second bonus song is another song from this same album, Wiget Sensation. And it's probably my favorite overall song from the album. And it's called Four Million Years. Cool. So if you have Spotify Premium, which is what we recommend, stay tuned because you're about to hear both those bonus songs in their entirety. Free Spotify users, you're going to get about 30 seconds of that. But outside of Spotify, you're going to have to rely on the song whip links in the show notes to hear anything that we've been talking about. Um, give us your thoughts on today's episode or any episode, really, uh, via social media. You can find us on Twitter at Lists, or you can stream all the episodes that you want at GreatestListPodcast.com. Or, of course, you can find us in your favorite podcast listening app. Jason, we'll be back for our number 11 song. 11, yep. Wow, getting close to the top 10.
0: Going to go a little insane.
1: Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening to The Greatest Lists. We look forward to continuing our list on the next episode. You've been listening to The Greatest Lists.